Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Y'all, I have been waiting for months to release this episode. This is my conversation with Lindsay and Krista of the Almost 30 podcast. So a little backstory, I was introduced to them by a friend in, I guess I was in my early 30s. I mean, it was at the very beginning of their podcast. They were at that time, both located in LA. And now one of them lives in LA and one of them lives in New York City. But at the time they were, well, they're both a little bit younger than me. They were in their late 20s, almost 30, the name of the podcast. Now they're in their mid 30s. And it's crazy because when I was introduced to the podcast, I listened to it for a few months. And I just like at that time, they were talking a lot about dating and reality TV and sex and all kinds of things. And now they talk about a variety of different things that are really interesting too. But I feel like I was at that time more evolved than them. And I was just like, I'm not feeling this at all. I don't know. But I like stayed a part of their Facebook group. They have like a secret Facebook group that has like thousands of women in it. And it's interesting because there's lots of good topics and advice in there and stuff. So I stayed a part of that. And something brought me back around to them probably about a year ago. It was in the midst of COVID and everything. And I was, I had already started my podcast and I was listening to other podcasts to sort of just get an idea of the way I wanted my show to go. And their show was, I was like, that is how I want my show to be. Not exactly, obviously. I was like, mine could be almost 40, called almost 40. I told them they should rebrand soon to almost 40, but I don't know what their plan is for that. But anyways, it's crazy how much they've evolved as human beings, as women. It's been nuts to sort of watch their transformation over the past six years or so. If you haven't listened to Almost 30, I highly recommend it. I'm going to link some of my favorite episodes, some of my favorite more recent episodes of theirs in the show notes that we actually talked about in this conversation. And um, highly recommend following Lindsay and Krista on Instagram. And they have a podcast Instagram handle too. I'll link all of those below. But this was such a great conversation. I sort of did a random mix of questions for each of them. We talked about motherhood. Both of them are currently not mothers yet, but I think that is something that they both want individually for their futures. Um, They'd be amazing mothers, but we talk about motherhood and who their role models are as mothers. We talk about the global shift that is happening right now from 2020 to 2027. If you don't know about this, go back and listen to my episode from January, I think, 4th, 2022. It was the first episode of 2022. I explain everything. We talked about their conversation with Zach Bush, Dr. Zach Bush, and how that coincides with the global shift that's currently happening. 
We talk about taking a break from social media, about Krista's most recent visit to Jenna Zoe in Spain. And if you guys don't know, Jenna's have a few different mentors and coaches in the human design realm. And one of those is Jenna Zoe. I've taken several of her human design courses. And we talked about some takeaways she had from that trip and and being around Jenna one-on-one. Um, we talked about aliens a little bit, so have fun with that. And about a post that Krista recently made about novelty and monotony and bending time and all of that kind of stuff. It is definitely woo. Like this is a woo-woo conversation, but it's so fun. I'm like getting chills just reading back over my notes from it. And I was so honored to have them on the You Do Woo podcast. They have one of the top 50 podcasts in the world, and they're just amazing. They're definitely two of my biggest role models in the podcasting industry, and I love them, and I like adore them. So enjoy this conversation. Check out all the show notes. There's a lot of goodness down in there, and I'll see you all on the other side. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. I have Miss Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick from Almost 30 Podcast on the You Do Woo Podcast. And these ladies are actually the reason that I even rebranded from my original Align Designs podcast to You Do Woo. We have merch coming now. So anyways, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We're so proud of you. It's been such a joy and a pleasure to just watch you and your brand and this show evolve and you're so intuitive. So it really, you know, it was just us kind of being like, yes, go do it. (laughs) Thank y'all so much. And I'll put info in the show notes too. I took their podcast pro program. I was one of the podcasts chosen for this program. It was in late 2021 and it literally changed everything for me in the podcast game. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast or you have one and you just want a little bit of coaching, definitely watch out for that program that's coming, I think, in in a few months. So, okay, I have several questions and a limited amount of time to ask all of these very woo-woo questions. We'll start with probably the least woo-woo one and y'all can fight over each other who goes first answering these group questions. If your soul chooses the path of motherhood, most of our listeners are moms, who would be expanders for you and why? Currently for me, most everybody knows Peter Kelly is like my ultimate mom creator expander. And I love Kimberly Snyder too. I'm obsessed with Kauai. Like I want to live there part-time. And also newest one, Nikki Novo, who was just on a few weeks ago on y'all's podcast. But who, who are y'all's expanders? I love this question. I'm excited to be here, excited to speak with all the mamas. I'm not a mama yet, but I look forward to it. PETA is definitely one of mine. She's an expander for so much in my life, just the way that she moves with her children and the intentionality and how she really approaches them as like these unique soul beings that are really here to teach her and really here to guide her along her journey and just like teach her 
you know, as much as they can. Kimberly's a really great one. She's so the way that she moves with her kids, it's like they all hang out together. They all just playing together. I've been able to be at her home a lot with the children and they just are these like beautiful free spirits. Lacey, one of my other dear friends, Lacey Phillips of To Be Magnetic. She's just so in love with her daughter, Teddy. It's been really beautiful to see how she's healed a lot of herself through being a mother and how she's really just allowed Teddy to be this like safe space for her softening and like the reason why she's doing what she's doing. So I'm so grateful. I have so many beautiful mamas in my life and mom expanders. A lot of my really dear friends are just having babies. They just either had them or are getting pregnant. So it's just been such a powerful thing and really healing for me. Um, and as a last one, we had Dr. Cleopatra on and she's a support for people who are looking to get pregnant. She's one of the most researched women in the fertility space. And I remember where we were talking about having children. And I mentioned that sometimes I get afraid that I'm going to lose myself, you know, by having a kid. And I think that's a normal thought for a lot of women out there that are looking to have a family. And she said, you know, what if you become more of yourself? You know, what if you actually find yourself in being a mom? And I'll never forget that sentiment because I think there's so much opportunity in motherhood for us to really become more of who we are. And the women that I really appreciate and admire and love have become more of themselves through motherhood. I love that. What about you, Lindsay? Yeah, y'all. I mean, y'all mentioned all of them. Um, Pete is a huge one for me. I just really appreciate the way in which she and this is no judgment, just probably one of my preferences is like keeping her children kind of off social media. She'll like show them every once in a while, but never their face. And I just really appreciate how she shares so deeply about motherhood without having to have her kids on there all the time. And a lot of my like just close friends have been having babies recently, friends that I've reconnected with since moving back to New York. And though they're not influencers, they've become expanders for me as they've continued to just like live their lives, you know, and have their babies fit just perfectly or imperfectly into their lives without having to have like a full stop. And while I don't know what it's going to be like when that happens for me and what my preference will be, but I just really appreciate the strong commitment to the marriage in order for the relationship to the child to also thrive and for the child to thrive within that family unit. So I can imagine that it's really hard to maintain that relationship with your partner after a child comes in, you know, priorities change, bodies change, hormones are wild and lots change but i just really i always take in when a couple is able to still prioritize their relationship after a child has come in so i've seen that more so in my personal relationships our friend jordan younger recently had her baby boy atticus and it's just been a joy to watch on social media just her joy and true like softening into being a mother and just allowing uh, her career and creativity to be on her own time at her own pace and um, be really intuitive. So lots of, lots of expanders out there on social media, but you know, can't, can't knock the ones that are more like personal and close to us too. I love that. I always, with my clients, I always really encourage them to find a handful of expanders, especially if they're moms, and work through, even like work through some of the ideas around like jealousy or envy. Like that's something that I've had 
weirdly, Lacey Phillips, I started following before I even had my daughter. And so sort of watched her fertility journey and all that, and then have watched her over the past year with Teddy. And I'm like, oh, I just wish that I would have had done this and done this. And I wish that, you know, I wish I would have known about this. Weirdly enough, I listened to y'all's podcast at the very, very beginning. I think when I was like, I'm turning 39 this year. So I was like 32 or 33. I think it was back when y'all were talking about reality TV stuff and everything. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do it. And then I was reintroduced to y'all after getting into Lacey's work. Thank God. And I was like, these aren't the same people. Like, these are not the same two women. What? Like, it's so crazy. And they talk about this. I highly recommend going back and listening to the 500th episode because y'all sort of go through all of that. But there's part of me, too, that was like, so what my like personal growth looked like is I grew up Christian. So a lot of it for a couple decades was involved with like daily reading of the Bible and all that kind of stuff, which was great and served me in many ways. And then in my late 20s, got more into like the law of attraction and and that kind of stuff, which was huge. And I had like three years of really intense growth. And then it sort of just plateaued for a while and didn't start again until I had my child in 2019. And my husband and I had been married, we've been together 10 years now, but we had been married for a year when our little girl came along. And I'm like, that's when our marriage growth started and my personal growth, like my actual spiritual journey started. And y'all were a part of that, like the y'all's podcast was a part of that. So I, I just appreciate that so much. And there's times where I'm just like, oh, I wish I would have been like them for like two years before I had my child. But I know there's a reason for for all of that, you know. So I love having like a multitude of expanders and y'all are definitely my expanders for podcasting and business and, and spiritual growth. So. Oh, we love you. That means so much. And yeah, we've changed so much and it's been crazy to do it in public, you yeah. know, in front of people. And I think too, for... For mamas, it's also, you know, having those expanders, but also throwing out that idea if it doesn't make you feel like the most empowered, you know, whole nourished mother, because I think that's such a period of deep feeling and emotion. And you can really lose yourself in envy and comparison and judgment and shame. And it's like one of those things where if the expanders serve you, then great. Let that serve you. Let that motivate you. Let that inspire you. But if the expanders also don't, then just like let that completely go and just follow your heart and your gut and listen to what you feel like your amazing child is really looking for. Yeah. I was on recently in the Almost 30 membership, y'all had on Aaron Rose and I was on the Zoom with him training and a couple of other moms and I were sort of in the chat box talking about how difficult it is to start being aware of all of these things and practicing all of the attachment style stuff and family systems and all of those things while having a kid and knowing when when you make mistakes, how much you're screwing them up, but that that's just, we're yeah. human. So it's like that. But I'm like, man, it would be easier if I didn't know these things. <laughs> but yes. then my kid would have a lot more issues to work through in therapy too. <laughs> I think that's it. It's like, you know, it can be overwhelming to get all of these tools and information and what we can be uncovering and exploring. And I think like the key piece is awareness, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you're able to in the moment with your child understand that, oh my gosh, 
I'm projecting onto you my fear of blank. And I think it's that awareness that, you know, our parents or our parents' parents really didn't have. And so you're right. It's not about being perfect, but it's just like having the awareness and the presence to just like pause and be like, okay, oh, I see that. All right. (laughs) You know, and having the tools to take just like the right or the best next step. Yeah. And having a kid right before the pandemic, that's a whole I mean, other thing. Oh, wow. There's like a beauty in that because I feel like it's like a little cocoon period. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that flip side of like deep stress and unknown. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure you went through all of the thoughts and feelings, but it's, yeah, it's been so interesting. I've had a lot that have had their babies in the pandemic. And in a way, it was kind of for the friends that I had, it was really beautiful for them. You know, a lot of them, their work, they got to stay home. So they actually didn't need childcare or they were able to spend more time. There wasn't anything to do. So they got to spend that with family. I mean, it's, it's such a double, you know, neither is better. Yeah. It was a beautiful time because for three months we didn't have childcare and I went down to live with my mom. And so Caroline just got so much extra time with her grandparents, which was so sweet. And just extra time with me as well. My husband stayed in Dallas to renovate our house, which was a whole other thing. We shouldn't have added that on top of it, but it was just timing. (laughs) Speaking of like 2020, in human design, we're taught about this global shift that's happening around this time, especially like near 2027. And it was so crazy because as I was listening to y'all's episode with Dr. Zach Bush, which I think was from late 2021, he does, I mean, I don't know that he knows about human design or he wasn't trying to talk about it. It coincided like perfectly with that. So I don't know if y'all want to sort of touch on that or talk about current shifts you're seeing in humanity that might've started in 2020 and and are going to get more and more potent as we lead to lead to 2027. Yeah, the Zach Bush episode was super powerful. I'm glad you connected with that. And for anyone listening, Zach Bush is a triple board certified doctor whose real focus is on gut microbiome, nature, and the interconnectedness of humanity. So we are such huge fans of his work. And he came on and just really blew us away with, you know, understanding the beauty and nature and life that is life. And Uh, He spoke a lot about some of the shifts that we're going through as a culture and humanity. And I think for me, I like to focus on more so the positive ones. You know, we can always go down the rabbit hole of all of the changes that are happening from a negative perspective. There's a lot of predictions. There's a lot of fear that can be out there, but I like to focus on the positive. I think from 2020, and they say this will go through to 2024, there's going to be a lot of confusion and chaos of what sort of is normal, what is real, what is actually going on. And I think a lot of people in starting in 2020 who had been on their awakening journey went through a deeper process of that. And that was awakening to a deeper truth of the corruption and lies that exist within our media, within our government, within our global politics, within our financial systems, within sort of the world that we were brought up in. You know, this is exemplified with kind of the things that were exposed in Hollywood, even some of the silliness that has been exposed in our media. And so I think people are going to continue to wake up to the power that we give away to powers outside of us and come back home to themselves. You know, there's also the guru. The age of the guru is sort of slowly declining. And that means that people are going to find more power within. And I think people are going to start to reclaim their connection with God and source. And 
that might have been something that people had lost over the years, whether they grew up Catholic or they grew up in a religion where they didn't feel like they really fit with the dogma of that religion. And now they're going to rediscover their own spirituality and their own connection to divinity and their own connection to source. So I really see some of the old processes and systems crumbling so that we can really make way for a newer, better heaven on earth that we're all going to live in. And then I also see the reclaiming of our own divinity and the age of the guru, you know, dying so that we can remember that we are the most powerful beings of them all. I love that. Yeah. And I'll just add that. Yeah. It just feels like this slow, but really beautiful movement back to who we really are. And, you know, I think that when human beings, came to the planet and when civilization started to be established, it was slowly but surely and more and more over time, we were convinced that we really didn't have control over anything, over our DNA, over who we are, over our experience. And so I think, you know, through these exposures of sorts and people waking up and just like really understanding that they have the power to anchor the light. Like we are going to realize on a cellular level that we control it all. Yes. One beautiful thing that he talked about was he told a story and I won't, you just got to go listen to the episode. So he told the story about like the idea of love and how really we need to not worry about that and instead start focusing on beauty. Yeah. Oh my God. I, that just was like, whoa, like that whole story. Y'all have to go listen to that episode because it was yeah. nuts. And I just try to keep that at the forefront of my mind every day. And it was so crazy because I'm always like in the morning, I'm like, God, show me beauty. Like as I'm like out and about, show me beauty. Oh my God. Th- this is just a little story. I didn't mean to tell, but the other day on Tuesdays, it's trash day. And I walk Caroline to school and you know, the trash guys come and it's loud and I don't want her to run out into the street and like all that stuff. And the trash guy stopped and waved to her and was like, hey, watch, watch, I'm going to do this for you. And she got to watch like the trash be put in there. And then he waved back and she was like so excited. And I was just like standing there bawling. And I was like, oh my God, God showed me beauty in the trash pickup. You know, it was so crazy because I was looking for beauty in nature to be like, show me a pretty bird or a cute squirrel or a cat or something. And it was the freaking trash man. And it was just like such a cool little thing. So y'all go listen to that episode because it's freaking good. Yeah, it's I mean, that was so profound because so in the episode, Zach Bush, you know, we just kind of ended with this question of what was something that he was really learning or working through. And in his life and in his work, he had been in search of sort of the meaning of life. And I think we're all taught that the meaning of life is love. And that really is true from like a quantum perspective that love light is really like at the core of our existence and our ascension process. But he was like, how could it be love if we have this existence in 3D reality or in our life when we see so much non-love? <laughs> you know, our existence is full of non-love experiences. And he was able to just connect with Jesus. And basically Jesus was like, actually, you know, it's beauty and beauty is really God. And I think for so many of us, beauty has been taken away and it's been distorted as this thing that we should be shameful to want or shameful to see, or beauty really equates to the way that we look physically rather than our world and existence around us. And how many of us, you know, when we're like, I want beauty, we feel ashamed because we're like, 
that means I want to change myself. That means I want to do it for vanity reasons. And there's really like a soulless reason for wanting beauty, but actually beauty is like the perfection of all around us. It's divinity within everything that we do and the divinity within our existence. And when we take the thought of having love be the basis of everything, then we actually give ourselves permission to have more of a human experience within our within this 3D reality than we do with love. Because sometimes if we're like, love is the reason for everything, which has its truth, then we sort of discredit when we're feeling low, when we're feeling sad, when we're feeling these different types of emotions. And it creates more space for that ability within our world. And I think about that quote a lot because there is so much beauty in just the basic things in that moment with the trash man in the moment where you look into your partner's eyes, in the moment where you have a beautiful meal, in the moment where you feel the wind on your skin, in in the moment when you feel the sun on your face, there's just beauty and presence and beauty in the ritual and beauty in the experience of getting to be in this body for our ascension, which is so powerful. Yes, yes. Okay, question for Lindsay. You introduced me to the Bringers of the Dawn book that I just finished. Mm -hmm. So many like really great pieces of info in that book. I think it was on the episode you did on anxiety where you talked about that a little bit. And I I love aliens. I watch ancient aliens. And when I was little, so we have a cabin in Colorado. We're in Texas. And we would drive through Roswell to go to to Colorado every summer, which was always just fun. So I like... (laughs) Aliens have like a little soft spot in my heart. But so this is about the Pleiadians and teachings from the Pleiadians. So I'm currently going through an ego death where I'm like, okay, I'm turning 39 this year. By the time I'm 40, I'm like really determined to not give a fuck what people think. I mean, be kind to people and all of this, but like talking about this is a lot for me, especially because a lot of people that listen to my podcast or either family or friends who are think that that's crazy to talk about, (laughs) talk about aliens or talk to aliens. How did these teachings come into your life and what, what have they taught you? And did you have to go through some sort of like ego death to be able to talk about certain things like this? Yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. I feel like first it's the relationship with Krista and then it's almost 30 has really given us like this stamp of like, go for it, go talk about all of these kind of quote, far out concepts. And what I've discovered is that as we've been having these conversations on more spiritual topics, on aliens, et cetera, reading books like The Bringers of the Dawn and others, as I've taken in this information, literally on like a cellular level, I feel the truth in it. And I've learned to listen to that over time when I'm hearing information. And it doesn't mean it's like right or wrong for everyone or true or false for everyone. But, you know, when I'm reading the bringers of the dawn, which I've read a few times, and I just kind of keep by me as like a little thing I open every day, it feels true on a cellular level. And I don't know exactly why that is, but I can guess that the Pleiadians I feel are, and what they describe in Bringers is that they are here to support and facilitate a really massive shift in humanity and up-leveling a anchoring of the light on a whole other level. They are also creating hybrids of Pleiadians and humans. There's different types of Pleiadians, but on Earth, at least what we might see is the human hybrid. And the lessons that I've really gleaned from this book in particular are ones that I feel as though 
I've known on a soul level for a long time. And then to read them is almost emotional because they're so simple yet like so anchoring. And even to your point of caring so much about what other people think, you know, what is the feeling? And it's, it's a big feeling underneath that. And the Pleiadians in this particular channeling by Barbara Marciniak talk about just trusting your feelings no matter what and being okay feeling your feelings because they are the key they are the key to connecting to your soul to god to the truth and this feeling that you have underneath this i know you kind of want to like wipe it clean but there's some beauty and true key in that feeling. So can you feel that really core feeling a little bit more and gather a little bit more information on what it could be telling you, showing you. But yeah, I mean, I have the whole book is literally like underlined, scored all the things. So there's so much in there, but I highly recommend taking a stroll in either the spiritual section or a specific spiritual bookstore. And I just love to intuitively like pull books off of shelves. Krista and I recently went to Sedona and we were in a bookshop and it was just so fun to like trust myself to kind of pick what I needed. And there's always like gifts in those moments where you're like, oh, I think I need to read this and I don't know why. I love that. I don't know why I'm taking notes. I can go back and listen to the recording, but I am. It's so funny in the past three months, I can't do a whole lot of TV. Like I just like things that are like too much, too deep. We we did the like mayor of East Town last year. And I was like, I, I went into a tiny depression because of that. Like I'm just super sensitive right now. But I have been watching Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know. One. Have y'all watched it lately? Yes. I oh, mean, TV God. back then, they don't make it like that anymore. It was so good. And they're 20 minutes. So you can just watch one, you know, but one thing I've noticed is Kramer. They make Kramer out to be this crazy person. And he's sitting here talking about all these truths. Like, wow. he talks about aliens. He talks wow. about how we already have a cure for cancer and like big pharma stuff. Like, it's no crazy. way. Even Jerry and Elaine were having a conversation on the one I watched last night. And it's like 1992 that that episode was filmed. They're like, do you notice that there's more commercials about medicine? for things that we don't quite need lately. And wow. I'm like, this is oh. what has started. Oh my That's God. the best. When you just revisit things in life with different eyes and different ears, you're like, I missed all of this. Like yeah. this yeah. completely went over my head. And for so many people, that's the truth. And then you come at it with a different perspective. You're like, I am in complete shock. Yeah. Anyways, it's a, it's fun to go back and watch, I and it's hilarious. It's hilarious, yeah, too. Incredible. Okay, we have three more questions. We'll see how many we can get through. Krista, you had a post in March. I think it was from March 25th. It was a quote from the book Moonwalking with Einstein, and I'm going to actually read the post, but everybody can go read it on her Instagram as well. It says, monotony collapses time, novelty unfolds it. You can exercise daily and eat healthy and live a long life while experiencing a short one. If you spend your life sitting in a cubicle and passing papers, one day is bound to blend unmemorably into the next and then to disappear. That's why it's so important to change routines regularly, take vacations to exotic locations, and have as many new experiences as possible that can serve to anchor our memories. Creating new memories stretches out psychological time and lengthens our perceptions of our lives. 
after reading this, I realized how monotonous the past two years has been for me. And I think part of it's just new motherhood. And part of it was like not being able to go anywhere and all of that. And I seriously was like, so this week, me and my husband are booking a trip for us and our daughter to Portugal to go be there for two weeks, see how we like it, go to the different cities and all that. It was because of that post that I was like, I can't, we have to do things differently. And we're very much intending to get out of the city. We want to go live there for a little bit, then go get some land in the hill country and travel from there, you know? But that post like really hit me hard, that quote. And I just would love, would love a, a short take on that. It's one of my favorites of all time. I read uh, Moonwalking with Einstein probably 10 years ago. I mean, I probably read it when I was in my early 20s. And the book author is the brother of one of the books that made me turn plant-based, which is called Eating Animals. So I had known the other author and I just randomly picked up this book. And the concept was understanding memory and understanding how we make memories and how we keep memories and understanding time. So this author sought to enter a memory competition. So the entire book is really going through his process of entering this memory competition because there's actually competitions in the world where you try and remember as many things as you can in this certain amount of time. And through the process, we learn a lot about how we make memories, how we store them, how some things are very ingrained in our memory, how some things we let go of, why we remember songs, why we don't, et cetera. And so it's incredibly fascinating. And I'll never forget when I was really young, I remember my dad saying, you know, he's like, after my 30s, life just became a blur and everything just started to move really quickly. And this can be exemplified, just like you said, in the pandemic, when we had two years of stagnancy, of staying still, of staying home, of pretty much doing the same thing almost every day, if you're working from home, if you're not And it probably felt like a blur for most people. It probably felt like a complete wash where you don't really have a lot of memory because you were pretty much doing the same thing. Well, memories are created through neural networks. And when you have a new experience within a neural network, it's able to create a more crystallized and vibrant memory than if you're going on the same neural pathway when you're doing the same thing every day. So basically your brain, if you're waking up, you're going to work, you're driving the same route, you're talking to your boss, blah, blah, blah. That is an already created neural pathway that your brain is comfortable going on each and every day. But if you're doing a new experience, your brain has to create a new neural pathway. So you go on this new neural pathway and it's very exciting and new and fresh. And that's what makes life seem more novel is having these new experiences that your brain can go on, having these new neural pathways that you can experience. And it feels different. And you know, when we're really young, you have so many different milestones. You're in seventh grade, you're in eighth grade, you graduate high school, you have prom, you get your car, you get your license, then you go to college. There's just these novelty experiences. There's lots of milestones. So life feels very rich during this time because you're doing a lot of things for the first time. But when you become in your 30s and your 20s, when you start working, it just becomes all of the same pretty much. You go to work, you come home, you make dinner, you kind of do all the same things. So if we want to live a very rich life full of novelty and excitement and joy and vibrancy and uniqueness, you have to continue to do new things all the time. And this can be very simple. It could be taking a different route to work. It could be mixing up your morning routine. It could be creating a new recipe. It could be travel. It could be you know, talking to a stranger. It is all of those things that sometimes in the moment feel like, ugh, and feel like 
you going outside of your comfort zone, those things add up to a really beautiful and really, really rich life of experience and joy. So my recommendation is for people to just think about the ways in which they are stuck in routines or patterns, or they're having the same conversations with their partner or their friends or their boss, or they're doing the same thing over and over again. And if that's making you happy and you feel deeply satisfied and joyful, then that is great. But if you feel like there's something missing, by adding in small ways to mix up your routine in your life, you can find a lot more fulfillment because you're just experiencing life in a totally new way. I love that so much. I feel like if people I'm excited I made you take a vacation. I mean, that's like my, there's nothing more that I would ever want from from my influence. (laughs) We were planning it and planning on doing it, but we haven't gotten our passports yet. And I was like, well, if we have enough time between the passport application and when we're going, like, we'll be fine. It won't be a big deal. So thank you. I appreciate it. And I know that that will touch a lot of our listeners as well. Would love to touch on your break from Instagram, Lindsay, that you took, I think, in December. This coming weekend will be my first weekend break, which I feel like will be really good for my soul. And then going to work on doing like once or twice a year, a month long break as well. And honestly, just feeling the pool that probably eventually I'll totally get off of it or have a team that runs it or something like that. It's just, I'm realizing how much it affects my nervous system right now and that I'm needing better boundaries and all of that. Will you just give us a quick snippet into what that looked like for you and and the benefits of it? Yeah, I got the hit to do this probably like six months before. And I was like, how could I do that? I like gave myself so many reasons why it was impossible. And then come my birthday in September, I was like, no, actually, like one of the gifts I want to give my give myself this year is, is a month off Instagram, which, you know, it's it's ironic because I really do love creating on Instagram. It's a place that I feel, you know, a lot of joy. But I do think that if for me, when I'm showing up almost every day, we mix like work and just like random creative pleasure on there. Sometimes it gets a little bit exhausting and distorted for me. So by the holidays, I was ready to go. Leading up to that, I just prepared. So I made sure that the Almost 30 team was well aware. I just made sure that I was letting my audience know, not that I needed to, but that felt aligned for me. And then, you know, really having a chat with myself about like, okay, So what are your expectations for this? Because I have to be really mindful when I have like these grand plans and expectations for something like an Instagram break. Sometimes I can put too much pressure on myself to produce during that time. I can have these assumptions that it's going to transform me. And then, you know, there might be a letdown on the other side. So I really got honest about what I was expecting and then got clear about my intentions. And I think that was really key. So my intention, one of my intentions, for example, was to slow down every single day and slow down enough so I could see the beauty in things that I hadn't taken notice of before. So I would go on walks like these winter walks where I wouldn't be on my phone at all and my head was up and I was looking at people and I was just noticing parts of my neighborhood I hadn't noticed before. And even just that to Krista's point was like very much a new neural pathway that I was experiencing and then I just kind of had that little memory as the start to my day that really gave me kind of a new jumping off point for the day. 
So then from there, I was, you know, creatively exploring aspects of my music that I hadn't touched in a while. I was watching some like TV and movies that I was like dying to to watch or just kind of didn't know I needed to watch. But and that was like really nourishing for me because I think I create a little bit too much structure around like, okay, got to work and I got to do this. And I really just like let myself veg a little bit. And, you know, I would say for anyone that is taking time off, whether it's a day, a weekend, a month, I would just get really clear on your intentions. And I would set yourself up with a lot of nothingness and then some little points within the period. So within this weekend that you might take off, maybe you do have a thing or two planned that like you're really excited about. But other than that, like leave a lot of nothingness for your creativity to just be sparked by because our creativity loves that nothingness. I find that it's like like into like a white space. So you kind of have that space to really fill and add color to. So it was amazing. I'll absolutely do it again. Um, and I highly recommend it. But I really believe that like a weekend could do you a lot of good. It doesn't have to be a month. Yeah, A weekend could do you a lot of good. The reason that I decided I needed to start taking small breaks is I listened to a podcast where Catherine Price was being interviewed. She wrote the book, How to Break Up with Your Phone, several years ago. But then she recently, I haven't read this book yet. It's like talking about having more fun. But it's talking about just utilizing your social media your, or your smartphone way less. And she's a mom. And she was talking about how heartbreaking it is to just see moms on their phone while their kids are around. And I'm very conscious of that. I probably do it way less than most moms. But it still happens. And there's times where Caroline will like, I'll pick it up for just a second, like just a second, just to answer text or whatever. And Caroline's like, no phone, mama. And she, she'll like yell at me and remind me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to do this. So it's just, you know, we had the luxury of growing up without parents who had a smartphone on them all of the time. And I know that there's workaholism in different ways and stuff like that. But I'm just like, dude, I can't. This there has to be uh, some changes around this, especially as she just turned two and a half and she's much more aware of how I interact with my devices and other people and all that kind of stuff. So that's huge. I, I know I try to not have judgment because I don't have kids yet, but it, it is. There's also something to, you know, I was eating lunch the other day and there was a man with a baby and he was holding the baby and the, he had his phone out and the baby's eyes are watching everything that's happening on the phone. Yeah. So their processing and their muscles are being developed by watching this thing that's incredibly stimulating, colorful, all of it. And I was just like, wow, I don't want my child at a young age to be processing and looking into this like black mirror, yeah. you know, for a lot. And that means like probably not a lot of time on social, which Lindsay says are keeping them away, but the kids want you present, you know, kids are the most present little beings and they want you in the moment. And I know it's hard to be present every moment. I am not present every moment. That is for sure. But it's always the goal to kind of like have them teach us how to be. Yeah, she is my little guru. That oh. is for sure. Okay, I think this is a final question. Krista, you literally just got back from your trip to Spain visiting Jenna Zoe. Is it pronounced Zoe or Zoe? It's actually Zoe. Zoe. Okay. Yeah. Jenna Zoe. I've heard both ways and I was like, okay, I want to do it right. I actually took her human design course. I had taken originally a human design America 
called, it's like this ongoing sort of thing that takes many, many years. I originally took a couple courses there and I was like, dude, I don't want to take five years to become a human <laughs> design reader. So I took Jenna's to like get the certification and everything. So I love her so much, but would love to know how that trip was. If you had any big ahas, if you learned anything more about human design, all that. Yeah. So um, one of my dear friends is Jenna Zoe. We met probably five or six years ago, probably five years ago when we started the podcast. She was one of our first guests on the show. She was my introduction to human design, Lindsay's introduction to human design. So we've gotten personal readings from her and we've really just grown, you know, as almost 30 has grown, she's grown so much. And we have over time just gotten closer and closer. And she is one of the most like intellectually stimulating people I know. She's got so many houses in Aquarius. Her Mercury's in Aquarius. My Mercury's in Aquarius. She's an Aquarius sun, Aquarius North Node, all these things. So I love Aquarian energy. I love just like going deep, going very out there, just kind of exploring the world from like a linguistic perspective. So we just get super deep, but then we also have so much fun and we can also be super light. And I think the main theme of what I learned when I'm with her is how to be really intentional with your time and how to just really focus on what it is that you want to do. She works very intently for like three to four hours a day. And then the rest of the day is really spent in pleasure and in joy and having fun and enjoying herself. So she listens to her body in a beautiful way. She doesn't push herself if she feels tired. She rests if she needs it. She eats really nourishing foods because they make her feel good. She uh, sleeps in if she feels like she needs it. She gets sun if she feels like she wants it. And there's this really, really attuned way of existing that I really, really appreciate when I'm with her because I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in the shoulds of our life. I should be working out this way. I should be eating this way. I should be creating this way. I should be doing more. And we just get caught up in the shoulds. And she's someone that really has pared down and stripped down all of the shoulds from her life. And she checks in with them regularly so she can live a really well-nourished, resourced life. And from a human design perspective, I didn't know that human design and gene keys was connected. Mm -hmm. You probably know that. So I just got the gene keys books and I've been reading in the gene keys and I am blown away at the gene keys. Human design obviously is something that's been really powerful for me. And I'm grateful I can just tap on Jenna whenever I need it. But gene keys is something that I would really highly recommend. And the gene keys book is like powerful. Yeah, I've been wanting to dive into Gene Keys. I got my certification when I was like a brand new mom. So it's been just a little bit of a whirlwind. And there's so many things that I want to study. But Gene Keys are for sure that thing. And yeah, like I, I'm obsessed with the way that Jenna teaches human design. And I, I think I've heard her talk about this. I don't feel like human design is like the end all be all. And I don't know how long it's going to be around. I think it's just a tool for this period for us to start listening to our body. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to be a forever thing, which is why I have a lot of different aspects of you do woo. <laughs> I don't just do human design coaching, but that's been like a huge deal too, is taking Jenna's teachings and then helping moms make sense of it because they'll see Jenna post something. They're like, well, I just can't do that because I have a kid and I can't just do whatever I want to do all day. And I'm like, well, but if you start choosing the things that you can choose and say no when that person invites you to coffee that you don't want to go with and like do these things, space will start slowly opening up and your child's going to start reacting to you differently and not be as needy and not, not be as like bouncing off your energy or soaking up your energy if you'll start making these tiny choices. So I feel like that's like really my purpose is taking 
a lot of the human design info and a lot of the genius that Jenna puts out and then translating it for moms. Cause I think they're so black and white of like, Oh, I can't do that. Yes. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's real. And I, I can relate. And I often have thought that myself of like, Oh, I can't do that because, you know, I live here or I don't look like that, or I don't think that way. Or, you know, I don't, you know, even if we compare our lives of, of Jenna's success, it's like, well, I can't have that success because I don't have a human design expertise or something like that. But, you know, when we kind of peel back the layers of it all, it's like I've seen Jenna, the way she moves and like what you said, there's no coffees with people she doesn't want to be with. There's no conversations with people she doesn't really want to talk to. There's support. She is very resourced in her support and she chooses to spend her money on ways to support herself living a rich life rather than clothes, rather than purses, rather than cars, rather than kind of other things, which are totally fine too. So the way that she spends and invests in her resources is just super mindful as well. So I think to that point, it's also like taking our stories aside of like, can this, can I learn from this person or not? And just being like, okay, what is it that I can take from this situation or this person or human design or this experience to help me in my life and really just leaving the rest. I think that's with any tool, see if it resonates, see if it feels good. Like for Lindsay, bringers of the dawn is something that really resonates from a cellular level. How can you apply what's helpful for your life and then just leave the rest? Yes. Love it. We actually got through everything. Hallelujah. We did woo. We did woo. Thank (laughs) you all so much for coming on You Do Woo. I appreciate it. I appreciate you helping me birth this new little podcast baby. And I just appreciate the continued support that you give. I highly encourage everybody to connect with you to subscribe to the Almost 30 podcast as well. And y'all are just lovely. Thank you so much. I appreciate you both. We're so proud of you for following your heart and your intuition and yeah, for doing the thing, for raising the conscious little being, the being that you're raising and the beings that you will be raising and being someone that wasn't afraid to evolve in your own life and be really who you are and be more of who you are. And I hope you have such a great trip to Portugal. I'm so excited about that. Mm. Thank you. Thank you all both so so much. much, Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at Woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast. But we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.